Good evening. Welcome to Conversations with Crystal. I'm your hostess, Crystal, and this evening we have Alastair Johnson with us. Welcome, Alistair. Okay. Hello, Crystal. Hi, Alistair. AJ, how are you tonight? Very well, thank you. That's good. Did you have a great weekend? Yes, a very big musical weekend as always. And that's the way we want it, isn't it? To have a big musical weekend always. Always. <laughs> okay. So, Alistair, let's just jump straight into it. Um, I've known you for a little while now and you continue to amaze me with the, with the projects that you have going on. So I'd like to talk with you a little bit about those today, but Certainly. also a little bit about yourself as well. Okay, well, I, uh, I'm 62 and uh, have been doing musical bits and pieces uh, since my school days, but uh, music came more into focus uh, about 18 years ago when I uh, did uh, a Weekend Warriors program at West Rye. And the Weekend Warrior program, what did that entail? Weekend Warriors was a program which was being um, promoted by the Australian Musicians Association, but it was in fact a program uh, created in California. And the basis of it was to get older musicians back into a live playing environment. And uh, so Weekend Warriors is a program that you pay money to join and they put you in a band, you rehearse uh, for a few times, and then at the end you do a half-hour concert. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, it was, and, and uh, it certainly was transformative in my own situation. Fantastic. And was that in California or Australia? No, the, uh, the local shop for me was uh, West Ride, and... Um, they were running the program, but I found out about it um, just after I came back from a business trip to the USA and um, I heard of one being held in Melbourne while I was down there on business and uh, then researched it and found out that it was happening also in New South Wales and cool. uh, joined up at West Ride. Oh, that's great. It's really great when you fall into things like that, isn't it? It just, everything just seems to synchronise. It does. It, uh, it certainly was um, a, a very big change for me. It's something I always wanted to do. And uh, the program facilitated that ability to um, get into and play live music. Oh, that's great. I really love hearing those kind of stories, that's for sure. So, Alistair, um, what was your earliest musical influence or inspiration? Well, my earliest musical inspiration, or was it affliction, uh, was that uh, I was uh, uh, taught piano as a, as a young child and uh, did, did piano for several years at my mother's instigation. Uh, <laughs> Which was, which was ultimately very useful. Um, got through to fifth grade in piano and third grade in, uh, in theory. So I, it gave me a basis for understanding a bit about music. And uh, then in, from that point onwards, I sort of then gravitated 
more towards stringed instruments. Uh, mm -hmm. There was an emphasis on, you know, possibly playing instruments at my high school. It was one of the extracurricular things that you could do. Oh, that's cool. And uh, I actually started doing um, double bass for a short while. Oh, but that that's didn't really last. interesting. <laughs> that didn't last very long, unfortunately, but it was very interesting. And uh, But double basses aren't the easiest thing to, uh, to lug to and fro uh, from school. And it just was very difficult to keep it happening. So uh, after that, I gravitated from there to, uh, to um, normal guitar. Okay. Yeah. Six string. Six string guitar, yes. Oh, that's really good. And... <laughs> And do you feel that do, learning the theory with the piano all those all that time ago, do you feel as though that's helped you in understanding uh, musical structure? Oh, absolutely. Without it, it would have been very difficult indeed. So uh, it's, it, certainly I don't um, – I'm not extremely strong uh, with, uh, with the theoretical side of music, but I certainly have the basis of uh, understanding, you know, the – you know, major minor chords and 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 the you know the octaves etc. So that that is really important in in being able to uh, to be able to play music. I think. Yeah. Did you enjoy playing piano though? Not very much. Um, probably because it was a thing that I was being forced to do more than something that you want to do. And uh, yeah. Um, I don't don't I can still play piano, but I don't do it basically. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so how did you get your start in music? Was it early on, so your mum uh, got lessons for you? Yes. And it was, you did it at school. But what about after school? Um, well, in the late period at, at school, uh, which was the late 70s, uh, when live music was just becoming enormous in Sydney, mm -hmm. Um we got together with a few friends at school and uh, formed a, uh, a rock band. Um, and we, we did quite a lot of rehearsing, um, but for no apparent reason, we never got to the point where we actually played live to anyone. And then when school finished, we sort of went our own ways. Um, and, it, it, and at that point, my life went off in a different direction. I went off into a sporting sporting scene and uh, music became not that important. Right. That's really, really interesting. And what kind of a sporting scene was it for the listeners, Alistair? Um, I uh, was a racer of BMX push bikes. Cool. And uh, I was basically pretty good at that. So uh, that became my uh, total focus uh, for several years. Yeah. Now with your... Uh, friends from school, your garage band. Uh, why do you think you never played at parties or, you know, like got that going? It just because everybody kind of moved away or? It, um, yeah, it was, was the case that we became, became distant once we all started going to university. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, there was another side to that is that we were all basically pretty poor and didn't have much equipment. So, it was uh, it was a case of uh, it was quite difficult to get organised to uh, to even sort of um, you know have enough equipment to play properly. So it oh, was wow. it was um, it was just one of those things. And uh, 
but some of some of my friends did go on to uh, to play uh, semi-professionally uh, in their uh, in their early years, and uh, um, and they were still doing music. And just recently, uh, we've all got back together again and had a reunion concert. So it was uh, it's come back around the the uh, the the it's come back around and uh, <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> I firmly believe that if you're meant to do something, regardless if it's music or sports or Mm. whatever, that you you always start it when you're young, then if you're meant to do it and, you know, the universe wants you to, it'll come back around and it sounds like that's what's just happened for you. So you're, you're meant to play with these people. Yes. It's, uh, and, and it was very pleasurable. As I say, we, we had a concert just two weeks ago, uh, which we called 45 Years On. And, and it was 45 years since we had, since we'd been together as, uh, and played, played, but this time we did in fact play live to our friends. So it was very oh, good. How awesome is that? Congratulations on that. That's for sure. Uh, so after you, your career with sports, Whenabouts did you come back into the music scene? Well, that was uh, Weekend Warriors was in August in 2004. 2004, yeah. Yes, and um, I was put in a, a in a band of four people, um, which was called Memory Loss. You had to give yourself a, a name in the in the uh, Weekend Warriors concert. Each band has to give themselves a name, and they're usually a joke name of some kind. And yep. um, so we chose memory loss, seeing as that uh, we seem to think that we were ancient back then, but it would appear that we're even more ancient now. I wouldn't say <clears> ancient, <throat> I'd say seasoned. Yes, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe. But uh, anyway, I was a total newbie at that stage and uh, mm-hmm. um, two of the guys I was put together with uh, uh, were quite accomplished musicians um, and... Um, and then the fourth guy was a bit of a newbie like me as well. So, so we, uh, but we formed a bond, and uh, and that band, um, through a few lineup changes, is, is still basically the same band I'm playing in now, some 18 years later. That's fantastic. And the name of the band now is it's the Headliners. So fantastic. We um, we still know and are friends with most of the people in the band that. Uh, that uh, that uh, was there in the Genesis, and uh, and of course we've made many friends on top of that since. Yes, of course, and doing gigs too, you make lots of friends. And do you find that playing with musicians? You said that you were a newbie, and one of the other guys was a newbie, but the other two were quite accomplished musicians. Did you find, or do you find still, that playing with people who you know, have it under their belt for such a long time that that inspires you to be better? Oh, absolutely. It's, um, it's certainly um, always a learning process and um, it's, uh, it's, it, it's always a challenge to, uh, to rise to the level of better musicians. Um, Ab- and I, I found that the, especially the... <clears throat> pardon me. The very good musicians tend to be very sharing uh, with with their skills, which is really interesting. 
It is, isn't it? It really is. I've seen that a lot myself. Mm. Now, from you've been in a few different bands. What other bands do you have on the go? Yes, well, what happened was uh, the uh, Memory Lost people, because the the two uh, seasoned musicians in the band were actually uh, uh, involved in TV, sound and production, they didn't have um, a lot of time to do live gigs when the, the gigs started happening. Mm-hmm. So uh, we managed to form a second band with other weekend warriors from the same group oh. that we had started in. And this second band became, for a short period, became the main band and we called that one Ill Prepared. <laughs> I love so, your choice of band names. And we were and we still are. Ill Prepared. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it, AJ. Um, strangely, strangely, Ill Prepared has done, in the, in a very strange and twist of fate, Ill Prepared has done uh, two more high-profile gigs than the headliners has. Okay. So, um, and but that started basically in, in a friend's garage, so we were a garage band, and uh, we uh, started... Uh, Started playing regularly at a place called Dundas Sports Club. Yes. And uh, that was um, as a result of uh, my approaching the club and uh, instigating a uh, regular live uh, music schedule on Friday nights. Oh, wow. Because what happens with the... uh, with the weekend warriors is that you you do your program which is a five six week program and you you finish the program on a high because you do the concert mm-hmm. and you think this was wonderful i've had such good such a good time but then you fall off the face of the earth because it doesn't happen again right and and so what we had was we had a group of musicians that had been in this weekend warriors program at west ride um, about 40, 50 people. And we said, well, why don't we try and organise um, to have jam or band nights so we can keep playing? Because none of us were at the level where we could do um, full three-hour performances. With the, We just didn't have the repertoire. Yes. So, so it, it, um, we started talking about forming a little club of musicians an association, if you like. And uh, I went uh, looking for a venue where we could hold an event just for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first place I went was um, was nearby where I lived. In the, I lived in Eastwood at that time and at a place called Brush Park, which was a bowling club. Okay. And uh, we uh, did our first uh, AJ's Jam, as it became called. Um, at Brush Park in 2006. Wow. And uh, that uh, that was the start of something that's been going all the way through to today. Wow. Well, we've really got to thank you for doing that, AJ, because on everybody that I know that goes out to your band nights and to the jams, we just absolutely love them. It gives us all a chance to um, strut our stuff and get better and play with other musicians we wouldn't normally play with. So 
Yeah, we've all got to thank you very much for that. Well, I'm not the only instigator in this because one thing that did that was very important in my musical life, um, and indeed with quite a lot of the musicians that I think you know as well, mm-hmm. is um, there used to be a regular jam night at uh, the Albin Hotel in Parramatta. Yes. And that was on a Monday night, and it was run by a couple of guys, a guy called David Wilkins mm-hmm. and uh, Brenton Dean and uh, Gino Musico, who was actually one of the people that worked at West Ride. Mm-hmm. And they used to run this fabulous jam night on a Monday night when musos, very talented musos, would come to it. And everybody would get a go at playing with other people and it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful evening, and uh, a lot of us gained an enormous amount of experience and uh, and camaraderie just from that one jam. And that jam ran for about five years, it went through to about 2010. Mm-hmm. It sort of tapered off at the end, but it was very much a catalyst. And uh, a lot of the people, musical people I know today, I met at that jam. Oh, cool. That's really great. And remain friends, hopefully. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. The, the amount of friends is far higher than the, the amount of enemies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always good to hear, I'm sure. That's but really... uh, some fabulous music was played there over the years. Um, and uh, both those both those guys, David Wilkins is still heavily involved in the, in the Hawkesbury music scene. Yes. Um, he's currently promoting a uh, promoting an event at uh, the Hawkesbury uh, uh, race circuit. The, uh, the the what are they calling it? Um, uh, and yeah, day at the races or something like that. It's, okay. Uh, um, and Brenton Dean, it's a fabulous guitarist, uh, actually joined the Radiators for several years and played with the Radiators. So. Yes. Oh, wow. He, you know some great people there, AJ. Yes, yes. And they, these people have all become friends, you know, and uh, that we know. And uh, so that um, that situation went from Brush Park and then Brush Park, we, what we didn't what we didn't know at, at, on that afternoon that we had our jam, Sunday afternoon, was that uh, unbeknown to us, some of our people sat at the wrong table oh. at the at the bowling club. The wrong table. The wrong table. Okay. They sat at the uh, they sat at a table that was not marked, but was in fact the specific table for certain directors of that club. Oh. And uh, anyway, we were told. After we, uh, after supposedly had a, a big success and had sold a lot of beer over the bar, we were told uh, two days later that uh, they didn't want us back. Oh, I think that that's very harsh. Well, this is bowling. This is the way the bowling clubs work. Um, wow. Yes, the, the the actual term that was used for the people that sat at that table were the knights of the round table. Okay, so very elite. <laughs> Very elite, yes. Um, I, there's a subscript, of course, is that, that that bowling club went out of business. Well, I was going to ask you about that because I have actually never heard of Brush Park. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, it went out of business. So, uh, but uh, what that uh, caused me to do was uh, to go looking for another venue. Yes. And uh, so I went down the road, literally, and uh, ended up at Dundas Sports Club, um, where I asked them if I could run these jams, and they said, yes, that'd be fine. Uh, we changed it to a Saturday night instead of a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And we used to run them about every, say, three months or so. And we did this for the first year, sort of 2006 2007. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the club manager came to me and said, this live music thing is working for us. Would you like to organise bands on Friday nights? Wow. And, and I said, I'd love to. So that's what we did. We organised um, a regular uh, paid gig for bands on Friday nights. Um, from about 2007 onwards to all the way through to COVID. That's a great achievement. It really is. Yeah, and the, and a lot of us, a lot of our friends, and, and at the same time, the band nights kept running reasonably regularly. And uh, and so a lot of our friends' uh, bands all, all cut their chops at uh, Dundas Sports on Friday nights. Yeah. I, I do know quite a few bands that have played there at Dundas um, yeah. over time. Can you tell me a funny story, Alistair, from, uh, of course, not naming names, but from the bands that you've been in or from that very early gar garage band or just a um, funny story in the music I, world? I, I don't know whether I have a really – I'm not sure whether I have a really funny story um, – we do have a unique experience, if that's that's worth considering. Of course. Um, our unique experience, and this was relatively recently, was uh, our band um, had done a 50th birthday for a friend of mine um, who, who happened to be, uh, I, I was a, a motorcyclist, and uh, he was a friend of mine through motorcycling and we did his 50th birthday party. And uh, anyway, in 2017, he came to me and he said, mate, would you like to, would you like to uh, play a gig um, in the country? And I, and I said, oh, in the country, why? He said, well, it just so happens I organised the Big Red Bash. And uh, I said, the big red bash? And he said, yes, that's, that's what I do now. Oh. And uh, he said, I want, a, I want a covers band to play on the Monday night um, to uh, entertain the early, early arrivals. Mm -hmm. He said, I'd, I'd be happy to let your band do that. And, uh, and so it came to pass that uh, our band was, was invited to play at the big red bash um, in 2018, and uh, which was one of the first big years of the Big Red Bash. Yes, I've heard of and, it. And um, which is, for those that don't know, the Big Red Bash is actually at the, uh, it, it's right in front of a sand dune called Big Red. And big Red is the first major sand dune in the Simpson Desert outside Birdsville. Okay, yes, I was just going to ask you whereabouts is that? Yeah, so it's 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 very very remote. It's uh, Birdsville's right up in the corner of uh, corner of uh, South Australia and uh, 
it's in Queensland, but it's in the corner of South Australia, Queensland, and uh, and Northern Territory. So it's right up in that, right out in the outback. And uh, so yes, we were we were flown up there and uh, played a uh, played a a gig there at uh, on a Monday night to about three thousand people. So that was that was really just the most amazing experience I've ever had in musically. It absolutely sounds like it was. Did you have any footage from then? Any uh, like video footage? Uh, we do have some. We do have some footage. Yeah, our uh, our drummer took a GoPro and put it put it behind him, mm-hmm. and uh, so we do have some some footage from that from that event. And uh, it, it it wasn't wasn't bad at all. In fact, it was. It, we did well enough that someone actually hired the band to do another festival the follow, following year at. Uh, at Tumbarumba called Tumberfest. Oh wow! How cool is that? That's that's really great. Um, we that we we haven't had any more of that since then, but you know it was a lot of fun when it happened. Hey, you never know what is right around the corner, AJ. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So for those people listening who don't know you and don't know what kind of music you play, what kind of genre is it that you like? Oh, or is the genre that you like different to the genre that you play? Um, no, I, there's, there's a strong overlap. Um, basically, uh, I I just love the uh, the music of the '60s, '70s, and '80s, the classic rock genre, uh-huh. um, and mostly we play that. Uh, occasionally, we get dragged off into playing more modern songs to 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 possibly make the uh, the younger set happy uh but uh but no generally speaking it's classic rock um the aussie pop pub rock is uh is is the core of it and um yeah have a lot of fun doing that stuff um my main influence really is uh was a band um from the uk called status quo oh yes yeah they're awesome but uh i don't get to play very much of that because a lot of my friends don't necessarily like playing that but uh <laughs> but it's it's not a problem we we get plenty of variety as it is oh that's fantastic and in your repertoire how many songs is there roughly oh, probably about 180 oh that's pretty good over as if you play for any decent length of time you just slowly build your repertoire and uh and it's very uh, satisfying to be able to do that um uh, because it means that especially if you go to a jam you're you're not not worried about being able to participate etc yeah that's right and and the whole jamming process that a lot of our friends uh, participate in is is i think the core of of social music if you like yeah absolutely I, i think that's a great thing uh, being able to do that and to entertain, you know, it's one of those things where you don't need a drug. You just get on stage and perform. Absolutely, yeah. It's one of the, so, the biggest highs and you just uh, don't want to stop doing it, that's for sure. Yeah, and I've, I think you know, the thing that I have done probably more than some is I've been involved on the organisational side um, and... Uh, in terms of running jams, mm-hmm. um, I did run a jam out at uh, at uh, the Hawkesbury Hotel uh, 
for, I don't know, I think it was about five or six years myself. Okay. And, um, you know, it, it, that was a satisfying time as well, you know. Helping other people enjoy their music is, is sometimes just as good as doing it yourself. Absolutely. And would you say that you've seen many bands form from those jam nights and become something bigger? Oh, yes. There's, there's no doubt that, that, that some of those... Uh, some of those jams act as, as uh, melting pots for new bands. And, uh, but even then you'll get people moving from band to band um, uh, within that community. And, and uh, um, yes, it certainly, certainly plays a role in, 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 in those bands forming. Yeah. And so you talk about you're really a developer and a supporter of music. So what else along those lines? So you're developing the jam nights, you've done those. What else do you do musically aside from your bands? Um, recently I started uh, doing live sound production for other bands. I uh, found that I had a pretty reasonable ear for uh, mixing music and making it sound as it should. And uh, that has become now um, part of my profession. Ah, that's really good. It's always great to find something else that you're good at, isn't it? And running with it. Yes. And uh, it, it's, again, it's the same, the same thing happens. It's, it's very satisfying to help your friends' bands sound as good as they possibly can. Absolutely, because there's nothing worse than you know, hearing too much guitar and not enough vocal or not the right balance with the vocals, you know. So absolutely, I've yes. seen firsthand you do that job and I think you're pretty fantastic at it. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's, it's quite, there's a, there's a downside to, to doing it, of course, and that is you go and watch other people do that same thing and then you, you, you tend to start getting a bit a bit critical. Um, a bit nitpicky. <laughs> a bit nitpicky is what I nearly said, yes. Um, but, you know, everyone has their own own way to do things. But uh, I, 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 one thing I have found, and, and it's actually a, it's a negative, is that uh, I, I go to some, uh, like, major concerts now mm -hmm. and, and get terribly upset at the fact that the music is not well mixed. <laughs> Well, you know what? They just need to hire you, and that's the end of that. Oh well, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, but it is. I it, it it's quite an interesting thing because I I suspect that there are quite a lot of uh, relatively uh, older um, sound technicians still doing sound production around Sydney, and uh, I think a lot of them are very set in their ways and. Uh, and they, they, they know what they want to hear, but that necessarily isn't what other people might want to hear. Well, that's true too. And don't forget, any musician only has one good ear. Mm. <laughs> well, it could be, yeah. But I can see if what you mean. they've got any good ears, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, also too, with the, in, with the invention of, you know, digital mixing, it's not all about you know, the mixing desk anymore. It's become now so you can do it on an iPad of all things. That's a big advantage, especially for people like me, because that's just uh, means you don't have to 
have enormous trucks to move the equipment around and all that sort of thing. Um, it, it is the case that it's becoming um, less and less uh, major equipment to do sound production. Yes. And um, and especially now with the advent of uh, wireless in-ear systems and those sorts of things, um, there there's physically is less equipment required to get the same results. Yeah, that's right. And, and possibly even better results. Oh, well, you would claim that it would be the case, yes. Yeah, so, for sure. Mm. Okay, so what do you have coming up, AJ? What is next for you? Um, really don't know. I'm, I'm, we, we've, the band nights are now uh, been very popular, so um, they're sort of happening now on a monthly basis, which is the, the most frequent they have ever happened since I started doing them. Um, and uh, the, the band, uh, the headliners, is, uh, will, will perform when I'm not doing other things. So, uh, and we're a happy group of uh, guys that uh, just enjoy each other's company. So it's, uh, it's just basically, uh, I think it's going to be more of the same until uh, we all decide that we're too old to do it anymore. You're never too old to play music, AJ. Oh, well, I guess we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Now, let's talk about the band nights that you're currently doing, the once a month ones. Uh, Mm -hmm. When is your next one? Uh, The next one's on the 23rd of September, um, just announced today. Um, And uh, the band night is a... uh, It's it's an event for amateur bands to get a chance to play live to their friends in a professional environment. Yes. Um, so we set up a, we set up the stage with all the equipment at, which is of a high professional level and uh, people that can then uh, just get up and play to their friends and, uh, and enjoy the, the feedback that you get for performing live. Yeah, it's a, it's a big rush, that's for sure. Mm. That's for sure. So the next one is on the 23rd of September. Correct. And what time does it start and where will it be at? Um, it uh, starts at 8 o'clock and usually goes to about 11.30 at night. And it's at a place called the FC Social. That stands for Football Club Social. And that's uh, at Rydalmere. It's, it, it, it's the site that used to be the Rydalmere Bowling Club. Another bowling club that failed. <laughs> Do we know why that happened? I would imagine it's the same as any other bowling club that fails. It's, bowlers are not particularly good at managing businesses. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, so, uh, but uh, yes, they. Uh, it's it's a it's a fabulous venue, and. Um, so, yeah, and people are welcome to come along and just watch because there's, there's usually, with eight bands playing usually, uh, there's, there's a huge variety of music. And, and how would they, if somebody has a band out there who's listening and would like to perform at AJ's Band Night, how can they contact you? Um, the best way is through a Facebook page, which is called AJ's Band Nights. And uh, the events are announced there and the rules of engagement and what you have to do to play and how to register is all, all included in that Facebook page. 
Um, a word of warning though, uh, the band nights are fairly popular and uh, when they are announced, uh, they usually fill up very quickly. Well, that just goes to show what a fantastic job you're doing promoting uh, musicians. Thank you very much. No, I, I really take my hat off to you. I think you're doing a great thing for the music world. Well, it's a little thing, but uh, as I say, we, we, have a, we have a lot of enjoyment out of doing it. Absolutely, and isn't that the main thing? It is, it is. So before we go, uh, what is the best live act or show you have ever seen? Oh, that is a very difficult one because I have, in fact, seen a lot of live acts. Um, how about a few highlights? Sure. Can I? Because I don't know that I could say the best ever. I have I have seen Paul McCartney play live. Oh. That that was pretty good. That was about oh, it was quite a while ago now. Of course, he's still doing it, but um, but yes, I have seen Paul McCartney play live. I saw uh, Elton John at Caesar's Palace. Oh, in America. In America, which uh, during his uh, this was about three years ago, when he was in a residency there for over a year. And that was an amazing stage show. Um, wow. One of the best live acts I've ever ever seen was Devo. Oh, Devo, I remember them. Yes, the, the Flowerpot Men. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 19, 1980, they played at uh, the Horden Pavilion and just the most amazing stage show i think one of the best ever that i've seen for sure oh that that's great to hear so you're going to see paul mccartney this time because he's due in australia soon no i think i'll keep my fond memories and my money <laughs> yes it, it is a little expensive isn't it they, they are getting a tad expensive nowadays yeah and well, who would you say of any musician that you've seen who has the best stage presence uh, I'd say Chris Isaac. Really? Wow. A really good show. We 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 have been to see Chris Isaac several times and he's he's just the consummate performer. Yeah, right. His music's lovely. I love his music as well, but uh yeah, I wondered that's very interesting. I bet that came from left field for you. It did a little. I didn't expect Chris Isaac. No. <laughs> well, as I say, I've seen a, seen a, a lot of a lot of people, but it's uh, but yes, there's there's certain certain people that really um, Australian at the moment. Probably one of the best people to see in Australia at the moment would be James Rain. Yeah. Oh, he's always been great. Actually, that's probably who I would have thought you'd say. Um, and uh, yeah, I. We, we go and try and see him as often as we can. He's just, he's getting better with age, not worse. Oh, well, that's good to hear. And do you know whereabouts he's playing at? Um, well, it's sort of lucky. He, he sort of plays at our local, uh, which is the Enmore Theatre. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I'm going to have to make sure that I check that out and go and see him. Yeah, I, I, I don't like know when James he's playing Rain. next, but I'm, he will be here again. There's no two ways about it, but... Uh, yeah, the the Enmore. There's a couple of sta there's a couple of live venues in Sydney that are really good for rock music. Uh, the Enmore Theatre is one, 
and uh, the stage, uh, sorry, the um, State Theatre is another. Oh, the State Theatre is just magnificent, isn't it? They are. They're both the right size mm -hmm. in terms of crowd. You're not too far away. The sound's always good. And uh, so, yeah, both those places are highly recommended. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for talking with us this evening, AJ. It's been really lovely. No worries. Likewise. <laughs> thank you. All right, then. Well, we'll leave it there for tonight. And uh, hopefully we can catch up with you another time. Thank you very much. That was Alastair Johnson, or AJ as he is fondly known. Thank you for joining me this evening. I'm sure you've had a lot of fun listening to AJ because I have. And I would love for you to join me next week when I have another special guest for you who I'm sure you're going to love just as much. You have been listening to Conversations with Crystal. And I am your hostess, Crystal. Until next week. Please stay safe, stay happy, stay cool, stay awesome. But of course, stay tuned to this channel. Good night.